Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us for the program today. Really, we have an outstanding message clip. And it talks about the finished work. It talks about why we can have hope faced with the contradictions of living in a body of sin and death, a body that's perishing. And yet, we can have a living hope in God. Please listen. You never get healed from what is in Adam. What Adam was yesterday, he is today. What Adam will be tomorrow, he was yesterday. What Adam was yesterday, he'll be tomorrow. And what he was yesterday and tomorrow, he is now. Adam's problem is incurable. And the thing that always condemns him is the law, which is God's character in the letter. This is why the struggle in the flesh becomes extremely difficult. A sincere person gets weary in it. A person that is striving begins to faint. Because even though he experiences moments of inspiration, days of victory, he's in a diseased man that is incurable. Doesn't make any difference if you're an apostle or a pastor or a professor at some Christian college. That man is always in you. And there's not a thing you can do to cure anything about him. It is in this introduction that many here and many listening on television consistently frustrate the grace of God and want to give up. But they can't because they believe the truth about Christ's love for them. Adam is in us. But hear this next statement. Since we were saved, we will never ever again be in Adam. When we allow Adam to have dominion over us, then the letter of the law of the character of Christ condemns us. And it reinforces our problem, reinforces our guilt, reinforces a low self-esteem, and reinforces spiritual poverty. Adam will never change his head is sick, he's distorted, he's diseased, he has running sores, it'll never be mollified with ointment or clothes in Isaiah 1, 5, and 6. And the ox knoweth his owner, and the master's crib, but my people do not know, they do not understand, in Isaiah 1, 3. Now, this is the problem that we have today. 
It's just as much a problem for finished work folks that have enjoyed one of the most unusual ministries in the world today, not because they are not sincere, but 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2, the Word of God makes it very clear that no person knows a single subject as they ought to. Now, Romans 7 says this, Brethren, I speak to them that know the law, that the law had dominion over a man as long as he liveth. And the law was given in Romans 3.19 that every mouth may be shut. That's the condition we're in. And the law always condemns Adam. And it was given to bring him to Christ as a schoolmaster in Galatians 3 and 24. Wherein we can see. In Romans chapter 7, that by the grace of God, we have been delivered from the law by the body of Jesus Christ. That's his physical body on the cross, paying for our sins and iniquities, becoming sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now... That B part of Romans 7, 4 says that we might be married, hear this, to another, even Christ who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit to God. We've been delivered from that thing that condemns our flesh that condemns Adam that is always in us. He never changes. And we've been delivered from the law that condemns him before we're delivered from the sin that the law condemns. Did you get that? Now are you listening? For this reason, now, the Word of God says, we have been delivered. But now we're married to another. We're married to resurrection life. To a higher law, a law that says if you're angry to your brother without a cause, you've committed murder. Matthew 5.21, the law doesn't say that. If you lust in your heart after a woman, you've committed adultery already. In Matthew 5.28, the law doesn't say that. This is a higher law. The law of the spirit of life that overcomes the law of sin and death in Romans 8.2. What the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Doesn't mean we're always in the Spirit, but we are always walking after the Spirit. For this reason, 
Romans 7 and verse 6 tells us that in the past, being dead, we were being held by the law. We were held. We were held there. But now we can walk in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now here comes the honest struggle. Verse 15, the Word of God says with verse 19 of Romans 7, when I truly honestly and earnestly wanted to do good I couldn't an apostle said that the highest ranking office of that day he said the things that I wanted to do I just couldn't and the things that I did do I shouldn't that was the strife of my flesh trying my best to keep the letter of the law which was holy in Romans 7 and good the flesh is in me but by the grace of God I'm never you hear me I'm never in the flesh you say we all get in the flesh that's where the ignorance comes in. Yes, we do. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. But if we say we have no sin, we lie. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar. That's First John 1, 7 through 10. The Apostle Paul said in 17 and 20 when I sin it is no longer I. One of the most incredible verses in 717 and 720 he said when I sin it is no longer I that do it but sin that dwells in me when I try to do good evil is always present with me the government of Satan trying to condemn me with the perfection of the law using the righteousness of God to condemn my unrighteousness he said oh wretched man that I am in verse 24 who should deliver me from this body of death he said in verse 18 there is not a single thing in me that is in my flesh that dwells there Paul said I pray to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ and the father of glory that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him that your eyes may be enlightened, that is, the perceptions of your soul, that you may know what is the exceeding riches of his inheritance inside the saints, that we may understand 
the exceeding greatness, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, according to the power that worketh in us, that we could understand the exceeding greatness of the operational power that works within us, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand as a glorified man in succession where he seated himself in a finished work for redeemed sinners. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named in this world and the one to come. And gave him to be the head over all things and to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Then he begins to tell something about you. The good news every day that you can receive in your life. The good news about you. The good news about us. The good news of this amazing, exceeding greatness. You hath he quickened. Who were dead, helpless, hopeless, in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. The prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience. Among whom we all had our conversations in times past. In the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the mind, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind. And were by nature children of wrath, even as others. But God. But God. Who rich in mercy for his great love. Wherein he loved us. And when we were dead. Helpless and hopeless, he quickened us together with Christ. For by grace you are saved, and grace alone, in Romans 11:6, Under this new higher law of the spirit of life, we are always under grace, in Romans 6:14. We're never taken out of it. We stand in it, in Romans 5, 2. Even when we fail, though he speaks to us and lovingly disciplines us, we're still in it. We'll never be out of it. Adam is in us, but we're never in Adam. Even when we sin, it's the sin that dwells in us that works itself out. And we're still in Christ. And that's a true finished work message. Verse 6 says this. Verse 5, we're quickened together with a miraculous miracle of grace. Dead in sins. Then raised up together with Christ. I said, we're raised up together with Christ and we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Where am I today? Where is every Christian today? Quickened, raised, and seated. We are seated at the right hand of God. You say, I don't understand it. doesn't matter. God says you are and God says he did it. And we're seated right now with Christ in union in heaven through the baptism of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, the real baptism of the Spirit that's misunderstood today in Ephesians 4, 1, called the one baptism, where we're in union with Christ and 46 things happen at the moment of salvation. Now, why are we seated together in Christ? 
verse 7 of Ephesians 2 says that in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And it says Christ, the anointed one of God, then the human name Jesus in that order. That in the ages to come, that in the eternity to come, that he might show the exceeding rich riches of his grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved and through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift from God and not of works as any man should ever boast. But we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus under divine good that he before ordained that we should walk therein. I've told you, and I'm going to tell you again today, the aorist tense is that unusual aorist. It's a dot, then a space, then a dot, then a space. When he said he ordained that you should walk in, that means you're going to have to rebound because you don't seem to understand that you're in Christ, not only in your position, but in your condition. Not only in your union, but you can be in our communion. Now this is a most beautiful thing, and this, I want to show you this today. That in Zechariah 2.5, I'm going to add to what I've told you in the past. I, have, I will be as a wall of fire around them. And my glory shall be inside of them. The original sense. Now the wall of fire in Isaiah 4.5 was always with Israel. And it protected them from everything that demons can do. From everything that the flesh can do. It was always with Israel. It was indestructible. And it always protected them. Up, down, murmuring. It always protected them. That's what it means. And when Isaiah 60 verse 19 says, The splendor of the glory or the presence of God being manifested and the original says within so God says I've got a fire around you because of what I did quickened you raised you up seated you in heavenly places that's your fire I'll never take you out of that place if then Christ is risen and he did first class condition of if. Seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind on what I'm teaching you today. On things above and not on things of this earth. Why? Because you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And live as someone who's been raised from the dead because you have been. Now listen. A man that would be, be raised from the dead would know it. A person that's been quickened should know it. A person that's been raised up to heaven should know it. A person that's seated with Christ at the right hand of God positionally should know it. A person that has resurrection power should know it. And these things are written that you may know what you have in eternal life now in 1 John 5.12. And he said, being now delivered from the law... Being dead wherein we were held, we should walk in the newness of the Spirit and not the oldness of the letter in Romans 7, 6. Paul said, oh, I see a law warring in my members. It's a law of sin. 
And he said, it's working in the motion of my physical body in the original. I see it working in my members. And it's a law of sin. And it's a law of death. He said, I delight after the law, after the inward man in Romans 7.23. Then he comes to this conclusion. I thank God through Jesus Christ. The original says this. With my spirit I serve God, but with my mind I serve the flesh. The King James doesn't get that accurately. Then in Romans 8, 1, when he cries out with two words, no condemnation, and they added to those who walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. And the principle is true, but they, they didn't quite dare to leave just two words, afraid you'd take advantage of it. No condemnation. So Romans 6, 2 and Romans 6, 15, shall we continue in sin, grace me about, God forbid, how can we be dead to sin, live any longer there? The principle is true. When you have the good news about you, that Adam is in you, but you're not in Adam ever again. Over 80 times in Ephesians, you're hid with Christ in God. You're accepted in Christ in Ephesians 1.16. If any man be in Christ and you are, you're a new creature in 2 Corinthians 5.17. All things have passed away. And all things have become new. The Christian, and this is what I saw counseling people, and it's the same here. They go on and on with the same struggle, and sometimes they're pastors, and sometimes they're pastors' wives, and I have them call me all the time, and they're good folks, and they love God, but they can't get this message that they've known for 15 and 25 years. They cannot experience it, because they don't start at the right place. The Greeks came and said to Philip in John 7:21 at the feast day, he said, what do you want? And they said, sir, we would see Jesus. Jesus in the midst in the synagogue in Luke 4:20, an amount of transfiguration when Elijah and Jesus and Moses appeared glorified and Peter wanted to make three tabernacles and they were afraid when they saw, they saw the glorification of Christ. But when they lifted up their eyes, he told them, fear not. And they saw Jesus only in verse 8 of Matthew 17. And this is the Christian life. God forbid, but if I sin, it is not I. It is my flesh working out the Adam nature that's in me. But God forbid that I do it and go through the trials and testings and, and consequences of experiential sin and impossibly bringing reproach to the precious Master. But the truth is, you start with the fact that you're always in Christ, but you never use that to continue in sin. You use that to be like Him, to be conformed to His image, to be renewed in His mind in Ephesians 4.23 and transformed by the Word of God. And by the way, when God says, I'll be a wall to her in Zechariah 2.5, wall in the original is E-S-T, but it's pronounced A-S. And it means doctrines joined together with the fire of the Spirit. Doctrines joined together become your wall. 
and then God's glory through those doctrines reflect his nature within, then that fire is the finished work provision that can't change even if you're taken home early. Now, a pastor's wife said to me, I... I don't understand why I can't do that. And I said to her, you're letting Adam have dominion and he's not going to change. Brethren, we know them that know the law. We know them. If you know the law, you've got to remember this. The law has dominion. And what does the law do? It's perfect. It condemns. And if there's any legalism in any self-righteousness in you, any religious pride in you, you're going to end up condemned and live in guilt and try to live the Christian life. But Paul said that's not how you do it. You don't do it that way. This is how you do it. You thank God. Knowing the war, knowing the battle, knowing the Adam that's in you, and always remembering that you are accepted in Christ, hid with Christ, seated with Christ, a new creature in Christ, and you are as He is in this world, as He is in heaven, you are in First John 4.17. Why? Because that's what the Father wants us to have, a revelation of the wisdom of knowledge in Him. He wants this to be a revelation of wisdom and knowledge about Christ. That your eyes would be open, that your understanding would come into light, and that we would realize what is exceeding, the exceeding greatness, the exceeding greatness that goes beyond everything of its power toward us who simply let it work in us because we have faith. If we ever got a hold of this truth, it's so humbling. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Wasn't that amazing, really? It, to understand that God doesn't require us to change. How can a leopard change their spots? You, you can't do it. And Adam doesn't change. Adam will always be Adam. And function within the framework of its of his design, his limitations. Adam's capabilities are very far reaching. His talents are dazzling. What humanity can do is amazing. But yet there's a new man. Christ is the new man. And he far exceeds whatever Adam can do. Where Adam is limited, temporal, Adam is doomed to die. Christ will live forever, and we will live in him, in that new nature that he's given us. So to transition from one frame of reference to another, then we know we can have hope. Now, hope is one of those things that it's like a pitcher of water. It needs to be refilled. We live in a dark world that drains our resources and we need to have our minds renewed on a regular basis. And it's this renewal where we 
realize the finished work. It's made known to us again. That mystical doctrine of the finished work. That Christ has finished all that is necessary, not only for salvation, but he's renewed our relationship with God. A relationship not based on us and our performance, but a relationship based upon the amazing salvation that Christ has accomplished for us to restore the relationship and flow of a life with God. We have fire within us of the Spirit of God. We're made alive because God is in us in this unbreakable bond. Perhaps you've been living your whole life in the framework of Adam. We run against, up against the boundaries of the walls of what Adam can do. People try to push and push and push those boundaries, but they'll only go so far. Because all in Adam die, but all that who are in Christ will live. Please pray a prayer with me. God wants to come into your life and transform you. He wants to take away your old and give you something new in his son. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Transform me. I believe in you. I believe that what you've done on the cross 2,000 years ago was for me that I might have hope, that I might have life in you. Fill my picture tonight with hope. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Save me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.